interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Warning. The following program contains explicit language and mature content. It is not meant for the easily offended. So if you are an emotional pussy, please refrain from listening. Thank you and enjoy. Back again, the Words on Fire podcast. Your boy Cujo riding solo today. Everybody else had a uh, other uh, life events happening. I guess I'll say it that way. Uh, special, special, special guest today. We're gonna have uh, my boy Rob, formerly from a Higher Frequency podcast, formerly yeah, from yeah. the Float Spa, just a wanderer of the world. Um, <laughs> we're gonna pay some bills first. Remember, follow us on the. On the Instagram at the Words on Fire podcast, on our website, thewordsonfire.com. Those of you that are watching on YouTube, appreciate it. Don't forget, down here somewhere, there's a subscribe, a like, a thumbs up, a bell notification, somewhere down there. Hit all that. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your mama's uncle. Um, tell everybody you can. Help us spread the word because there's a lot of great knowledge I feel is going to be uh, pressed on to you guys today. And our ultimate special guest goes by the name of sonia right i get that right because i'm horrible with names i mess up everything that's right i even mess up my co my co-host's name sometimes (laughs) wait what's his name yeah that's it i gave him the fucking name (laughs) yeah you remember the first time you came on uh when rob came on we had little name tags like paper name tags we wrote them out (laughs) so we could remember who we were and we put it in front of us so that way when they're talking it's like all right this is me (laughs) so we've we've graduated a little bit uh, Sonia, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking part in this uh, in this debacle that we called our podcast. Uh, it's going to be some interesting stuff. You want to tell the people a little bit about your background that you're telling me right now? Um, that way we could see, people can understand where we're going from or where we're going to and what's going to happen pretty soon. Where we're headed? Well, yeah. that lays to be seen. But um, yeah, my background, I was born here in El Paso, Texas. So mm-hmm. Multiple generations here. Um Texas and the border basically grew around my family. Right, right. So um, it's nice to be here, but I've traveled around a bit, and um, I work at a retreat center in Mexico. Okay. That's been on hold uh, since <laughs> the um, since the whole pandemic, but has mm-hmm. just opened up. So I'm on my way back over there to do healing work. Okay. So healing work. What do you mean by healing work? What exactly is healing work consists of? What is that? Um. Healing work is basically helping people to see themselves as whole mm-hmm. um, and hopefully leading them towards a life that is pain free and uh, wherein they can transcend their suffering and find something that brings them joy on a daily basis. Okay, so that's more on the more on the spiritual, more on the actual soul style as opposed to the physical? It can be. I've, I've been taught and trained to work from the spinal column to the joints, the ligaments, the mm-hmm. muscles, um, the energetic body, also working with the psyche and the brain and the psychology as well. Okay, yeah, because I know you had say you have a, a background in psychology, which is that alone, I'm surprised you're not crazy because I think that... Well, <laughs> you know, well, 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 yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll take that back. I've already met you, so I'll see if water holds later on. I remember once I was talking to my father and asking him, am I crazy? And he looked at me and he was very quiet. And he just kind of got, 
you know, yes, but in the best way possible. <laughs> well, okay, so what, what is the best way possible to be crazy? I think the best way possible to be crazy is to follow the way that's there for you, even when it goes contrary to mm-hmm. what the rest of the people around you are doing. Dope. You know, and that can make you sometimes feel like you are crazy. It can right. make you question yourself. It can make other people have a whole lot of opinions about you. Right. Um, and, and actually, you know, tell you and reflect to you that you're crazy damn so that's when you know you're on the right track yeah when you're (laughs) when people think you local you on you on to something you're on to something so like when when people refer to well i know rob and i have talked about um we've been big like on conspiracies and Mm. big on not so much trying to make things up but just questioning the rabbit hole right the rabbit hole right questioning why this why that Mm -hmm. isn't it easier and this is what i've said and I believe this wholeheartedly that even if you're right, it's easier to put that name on somebody that, oh, he's crazy because he's a conspiracy theorist, because it's easier to accept that somebody's crazy than to accept that you're wrong. Well, I think uh, it falls into how comfortable people are with uncertainty, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I feel that people who cling to truth are very, very uncomfortable with certainty, uncertainty. Right. You know, they need that rightness. But the truth is usually somewhere between all of us. And if we take a drop of everything that we know, somewhere in the middle over there is what's true. Mm -hmm. You know, and so for me, I find that, uh, yeah, just finding that uncertainty is such an important part of our being healthy as human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was even talking to, you know, some people recently where I was like, I just feel a lot better if 90% of the population right now felt uncertain, Mm -hmm. you know, that they had something that they were kind of uh gravitating towards and maybe they had come to some sort of like soul agreement or maybe they had gone through some logical process and come to a conclusion Mm -hmm. but they were still open to see what time will tell us because we're living in such a unknown period of time and no one can really know what the effects of anything are going to be until we look back so then when when so it seems like everything you look at, you look at more logical than just um, hopefulness, which I think a lot of us are more just, well, you know, hopefully we think this way it's going to work out as opposed to looking at facts and, and logically coming to a conclusion. So are you religious in any fact, in any faction? I'm extremely spiritual. Okay, but spiritual and re- religious are two different things, though, aren't they? They are very different. So are you religious? Um, hmm. Am I religious about the way that I do certain things? I say I do have some ritual, but no, I'm not ascribed to any particular religion. You see, I love how, how you can <laughs> smartly articulate your way around <laughs> it without <laughs> actually hitting it. Without say, just say yes or no. <laughs> yes or no. Well, I'll tell you, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, baptized oh, a Catholic. Um, I was really into Buddhism and then drifted into shamanism at one point and then came more into Zen and then just kind of left off all the isms. Wow. So what, is there a common theme that you notice from all the different isms that you followed that is more of a, uh, not like a, like, a, like a mind hold for people as opposed to an actual um, belief that there actually is something there? I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to fix your mic for you a bit because I okay. want to hear this. I don't, uh, I 
get it right get yeah. it right yeah because i'm telling you i have a feeling you're gonna drop Churches. a lot of knowledge on this <laughs> really close there yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah the story that actually came to my mind popped right in there was the story of carl young um and he was raised by pastors and people who were very god-fearing and had all of the laws and regulations and how things are supposed to be set out before them and they informed him of those so that by the time he was six or seven he Mm. was well versed in it right but he was having these really vivid dreams okay and uh if you know anything about eastern philosophies yogananda was a self-realized human being which means that he came into this life remembering himself from other lives Mm -hmm. that society is set up to look for that and he became yogananda this yogic master Mm -hmm. who has this lineage that people say sometimes goes back to the himalayas and might even be jesus on his lost years but that's another story so you wake up in the western culture with all of these ideas of what is correct and what is right and mm-hmm. you're Carl Jung instead of Yogananda but you're self-realized you know you know you have this direct connection right right but you're being told you're not supposed to trust your heart your heart is treacherous you're not supposed to go against these guidelines but he starts having these really lucid dreams mm-hmm. And in these dreams, God is coming to him and okay. God is trying to guide him and lead him along a path for him. And he's like waking up in night terrors mm-hmm. and sweats. And he's like, oh, my God, he's having an existential crisis. He's six years old. Damn. <laughs> you know? That's a lot to take um, in. It's a lot to take in. And he's trying to figure out, well, what's going on? And in the middle, he's kind of watching his, you know, his family, his uncles, all these pastors. And he starts going, you know. I think they're making this up. I think they're mm-hmm. making it up. I don't actually think that they have the same relationship with the real God that I am having coming in contact with me. Right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to violate what I've been told because mm. God himself is told telling me to sin against me mm-hmm. in order to go down this path and I'm just going to go I'm going to go in there. I'm going to go into my dream state. I'm going to approach the throne of God which I've been told is a mortal sin because I'm not supposed to have that direct connection to God. Right. And he goes into this dream state. He's 6 7 years old. He's like going up to the throne of God. He's drenched in sweat. He's completely terrified of what's about to happen to him Mm -hmm. and he approaches the throne of god and god takes a shit on the church oh shit oh shit okay (laughs) yeah oh Oh, shit (laughs) oh shit you know so he comes out of this dream state at six or seven years old and realized that there's two states of being he just transcended something and he ends up with this relationship with this god force Mm -hmm. this uh this informing um synchronistic approach to the psyche uh to psychology to dream state to mythology to symbols to the unknown communicating with us to Mm -hmm. that not being evil but to that actually being part of us finding the truth Mm -hmm. that we're meant to um, and this all ties back into like original Platonic ideas where they actually used to call the muse or okay. that source of inspiration, which we call inspiration to be our breath or to be this, you know, force that is is moving us. That is God is God's mm-hmm. breath moving into us. They used to call that the daemon. Okay. The daemon was assigned to each person. Now, if you take that word and you think about religion and you think about how we've been taught to feel about that word, we fear it. Mm -hmm. But that was assigned to us to make sure that we would violate anything in society, anything that we are self-imposed 
so that we would violate it so that we could transcend so that we could continue to evolve so that we could find the path that was actually set out for us damn all that at six years old Six years. I was thinking like Transformers and all right, kinds puppies. of puppies. Seeing God shit on church. Exactly. That's like, there, there's a lot of uh, and nowadays like a lot of prodigies too. Like yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen these. I think it's a six year old mm-hmm. kid playing the piano. Mm-hmm. Oh, so mm-hmm. ever so beautifully. Right. Like, um, but I don't know if those would be considered prodigies or what, but. I think it's a spiritual prodigy right yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, mm-hmm. to be able to have that skill or in this context, you know, to have that connection, right. that ability, it's exactly. something uh, that's magical. Yeah. To follow the pulse yeah. right, that calls you. <laughs> we were talking about the art, the creativity, the passion. Yeah, I was uh, mentioning there's this uh, journalist by the name of Abby Martin, mm-hmm. um, and she's on RT. I think it's like Russia Today. Okay. Um, but she... Um, I found out she's an artist, right? And then I was really shocked to to see some of her art because it's very politically driven and mm-hmm. um, and with the the dark side of the corruption and things of that nature. And right. she, um, there's this really awesome video that was put together uh, on different art. But Abby Martin made a really beautiful statement that says that essentially all human beings are artists and that we as artists have a responsibility and an obligation to speak and to communicate our art in a medium that speaks most to us, mm-hmm. right? So all of us as individuals have this this this, this potentiality to, to create art in, in different forms, right? For mm-hmm. example, I mean, us sitting here, we could see mm-hmm. um, Sonia's abilities, it, it, her art is right, is to communicate and to bring right. people together and, and serve as a healer Right. You is creating this podcast and, you know, me yeah. serving as a nurse or a rancher, or whatever. So we all we we're all artists in that in, in, in a different or in, in different contexts and different right. ways. But essentially, the responsibility of the human being having the human experience is to create art. Yeah. Um, and because it's through art that I think all people it's a universal language. Mm. You know, it's like love. You don't right. have to you don't have to have an appreciation for a canvas or appreciation for music or anything to Mm -hmm. appreciate it and to like it right yeah um alan watts talks about how life itself is it's like a dance um and you don't dance to get to the end of the dance right Mm -hmm. or think of like music your favorite song anything you don't push play and then fast forward to the ending to the ending right. just to hear the ending you right. listen to the whole song right yeah. and there's ups and downs and crescendos and everything and that's that's exactly how life is like mm-hmm. you life is a dance and you have to dance with it you have to go up and downs and right anyways going on a tangent here but yeah <laughs> no but i mean it, i thought it, right on top yeah <laughs> but, but it makes sense because I, I know people were so i had seen i don't know if you, i'm sure you've seen this but elon elon musk has just created a, a, a school for his kids mm-hmm. and his way of schooling is different and he's getting a lot of pushback because he was saying that his way that, that the way of schooling that we have right now is completely wrong because mm-hmm. oh, they're trying to especially like for myself i have a my uh, 11-year-old and my uh, 8-year-old, and they're always, instead of trying to teach them something to either make them a better person or to attack whatever, or, or actually not to attack, but to glorify whatever special ability that they have, whether it be writing, uh, poetry, uh, you know, singing, dancing, um, 
even if it's you know an athlete so what instead of doing that they're more of teaching a test just to get you by Mm -hmm. and there's nothing anymore like back like back when we were in school you know they would have like home ec where they can teach you how to fend for yourself so you don't have to depend on somebody else or like wood shops you can build shit for people that enjoy doing that and instead of teaching you things that are actually um good for you like balancing your mm-hmm. checkbook knowing how to do taxes at the end of the like things to instill to make you a better person what elon musk is doing is this the, the classes or the school that he developed it's only like i think 14 people that he has right now but instead of going off of grades they're going off to like i guess he tests you out at first and then if they for example like sonia you're more on the uh on the psychologist route so you're gonna be just specialized already as a, as a kid going focusing on that because mm-hmm math is going to do what for you at that point you well, know what i mean and that was how original indigenous cultures actually yeah. function the hawaiians had a whole kahuna system and a lot of you know the tribes had that and it was natural kids wanted to go work on wood they were over at the canoe you mm, know right, and they were right. they were working on the canoe i i learned a lot of the things i did because when my grandma started laying hands or making some salves i was my eyes were right there with her mm-hmm. you know i i learned a lot of art just from watching i i and um and that is something that came out of the schools my first occupation was actually as a high school teacher really mm-hmm. what were you teaching at that point i was point? teaching english american okay. literature and my last four years were at-risk youth Okay. Um, and what I found in my at-risk class were was that it was coinciding with them taking all the humanities out, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the arts, music, mm-hmm. all of that was leaving the school as they were bringing in all these standardized tests that was right. becoming very science math based. Right. Well, the at-risk class was filled with spiritualists, musicians, mm-hmm. um, you know, dancers, theater people. So my classroom was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I definitely have seen that in order for those people to thrive, they've mm-hmm. actually had to leave the school system and then become entrepreneurial. Right. Yeah. You see, that, that's crazy because, I mean, like you said, a lot of people, for example, like when, when you're in the math setting, you know, they teach you pie and they teach you all this, which is something you'll never use again, you know, unless you are a scientist and you're doing equations to do your, you know, your volumes and all that. The, yeah, but the average person on the daily, I've never sat in traffic and thought that whole thought process of, if I'm MX going 75 B. miles per hour <laughs> and the fucking truck is going at 30, how long? You know what I mean? Well, that never fucking happens. The the truth is that, I mean, especially now, right? There's the, the overwhelming amount of information that we have at our dispose mm-hmm. um, because of the internet and through other resources that have been created now for free. Right. Um, I think... At this point, it's no longer controversial to say that uh, schools and all educational systems, public and private, mm-hmm. are essentially there with the the agenda and the, the intention to create work employees. Right. Right. People that know how to follow rules, that know how to conform to policies and, you know, everything that is essentially, um, you know, passed down in corporate America. Right. And schools are not about helping and teaching individuals how to think for themselves, how to think for the community, how to improve themselves, how to improve the community. Mm-hmm. They're there for, for corporate greed, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, you will teach you how to behave. We'll teach you how to sit down. Think of this. Why is it that you go to school for eight hours and mm-hmm. yet, uh, work shifts are usually eight hours. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you learn to sit somewhere and listen to somebody for eight hours. Right. Like, uh, I mean, 
and I hate to use a comparison of dogs and humans, but I'm currently right now working, training a Belgian Malinois, and mm-hmm. these are very high drive dogs. Um, and one thing that isn't very important that I've learned from doing my due diligence as, as a, as a dog owner is learning what it, what it means to train a dog. Right. Right. And a lot of it is making sure that there's discipline, making sure that there's routine and that there's consistency. Mm -hmm. And if you have these key ingredients, then that dog being a high drive animal, uh, in a way you suppress and it's not suppressing its nature, but you're teaching him how to use that high drive, all that energy and corral it into what you want him to do right into right? the schedule and that's what humans are like look at the potential that we as human beings have you know right everybody like yes there, of course there's exceptions elon musk albert einstein Carl right. young waldorf you know? montessori there you go so those are exceptional human beings and that's not the average but we all as human beings we all possess the the capability of tapping into another dimension into spirituality into energies into healing into all these other realms that are available to all of us mm-hmm. and we're not and it's not necessarily that because we're not taught in how to that how to get to there but even basics as like learning how to change your oil learning doing mm-hmm. things that are instrumental um to make daily life as as a as a human being efficient right. and effective um, the educational system is not designed to to teach people that. And again, yeah. um, at this point, it uh, I'm not a parent, but mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I have decided to wait to become a parent, uh, I'm 33 years old, and I don't know if I will decide to procreate, but it's because th- that's one huge reason. So to think that I essentially will choose to participate into a monetary system because if I don't, then, you know, I have to live a different lifestyle, right? Right. We all have to work to put a roof over our head, to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. So I will choose to participate in the monetary system. Therefore, if I choose to have a kid, um, that means that somebody else will be raising my kid. One of them being the educational system, these institutions that are again, there, not for the benefit of, of, human beings as in general right? right like another thing that they don't teach is how to understand or process emotions how to communicate effectively yeah you know um one thing that we all have is you know relationships with other people whether it's intimate whether it's familial whether it's uh uh in the work environment nobody ever teaches us how to talk to people how right. to how to process emotions, how to, you know, do these things. These are things that you learn as you go in life. Yeah. And hopefully you're lucky enough where you get to your lessons are not so costly. Right. Right. Somebody that doesn't know how to, um, doesn't know how to manage anger, mm-hmm. right. That they don't end up shooting somebody or stabbing somebody. And now they're going to be in a penitentiary right. and that's their lesson compared to somebody who probably did the same thing and got off with the, you know, was fortunate enough to learn in a different way. Yeah. So again, there's, part of the human experience is is knowing how to or at least having the basics and the fundamentals to be able to live a uh, a decent and quality life of yeah. human life and, and it's, that's what education used to do and that's yeah, yeah. I, I think that when you take the standardized tests out of the classroom the classroom becomes kind of like a theater stage mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and that theater stage becomes an opportunity for people to watch other people relate because, right. it, you know, it, the varied backgrounds have shifted. That's changed to familial yeah. backgrounds, you know, whether people have like healthy parental, you know, units in order to understand, you know, the difference between masculine and feminine. And of mm-hmm. course, all of that interweaves inside of everybody. That right. was something Carl Jung talked a lot about. We all have an inner child. We yeah. all have a little old person. We all have a jokester. We we right. all have a shadow person in there. Everyone has that. And I was even talking to my mom this morning. We all talk to ourselves. She's like, we do, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> you know, anyone who tells you they aren't having full-on conversations inside of their yeah, mind are really lying to yeah, you. <laughs> um, but it's all there. And then what happens inside of a container, and that could be a ceremonial container, that could be a teepee, that could be a sweat lodge, that could be a yoga class, mm-hmm. that could be a classroom, that could be right here. Right. You know, we're we're all demonstrating what human interactions and relationships are really all about. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you just don't have time for anymore. But that used to be my favorite part of the classroom. And, you know, the kids used to call me mom. I was really young. (laughs) You know, I started teaching when I was 20. I'm 46 now. So I've had that, you know, opportunity to work in classrooms and with teenagers and preteens for about 12 years. Um, And so they would call me that. And I realized that they, they need to hear how I talked not to them necessarily but to other people Mm -hmm. they needed to watch those other people interact with me they needed to have my presence there so that they could elevate conversation and so that they could elevate the way that they were treating one another okay you know and so that is part of our our human experience and I do think that it's possible for us to still have those experiences despite the standardized testing but that has to happen behind every door Mm -hmm. it has to to happen with every person uh, we were talking about the effects of social media on conversation yep. and I was talking about you know the extremity of conversation and where that goes we were talking about the uncertainty mm-hmm. and how you know when people become too certain they become too dogmatic and then we're not able to have conversations but it used to be that we used to all hang out in groups of people who were not exactly like us right that's the best way to learn is by mm-hmm. in the interaction that you have with somebody whether different culture different um even within the same culture but you have different backgrounds because i mean you're every you're, you're, it's like the trials and tribulations right that, that's what makes you at the end of the day you could be looked upon as being a completely shit person but as long as you have that moral compass that keeps you around the same mm-hmm. path even though you don't project to be out this great nice dude you seem to be an asshole people that don't understand you mm-hmm. but the people around you that actually know you understand the truth behind it you know what i mean and 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 I'm glad you talked. So let's hit on a lot of things that you talked about. When you're speaking, uh, as far as on the psych- psychological realm, a lot lately has been happening with the the new pronouns, right? The, mm-hmm. Everybody's mm-hmm. really pushing. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, like what we were talking earlier about, you know, um, when you have corporate America, it seems like there's always something like an agenda being pushed upon people, right? Mm-hmm. Prior to, what, like mid-70s, you had a few people that would come out that would either like cross dress like you had that one dude on mash mm-hmm. um but it, it was kind of like at first it was like not making fun of it but little by little it's been growing and growing and growing and it seems that all of a sudden now people who haven't completely like formed their their, their mind yet are leaning more towards that way because that's like the new that's like the new hot trend it's a fad yeah mm-hmm. and it seems like it, it 
it is it scary f- having that within social media being so big now that everybody wants to be I don't want to say they want to be the butt of jokes, but they want to be, they feel like they're they're being attacked even though they're not. They just want to be mm-hmm. part of the whole, oh, well, you made fun of them, now I feel attacked. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody to wants com- to be in- <laughs> included now. I was listening to a comedian the other day, and he was saying, you know, it seems to me now that people are in a race to be offended, not for themselves, but for other people, even <laughs> right. if the other person is okay with it. Right. You know, and... um yeah, this whole conversation, I have it with a lot of my friends. I'm from California right now, so I have a lot of friends that are, you know, um, becoming uh, different gender or right. also relating really to plural. And uh, sometimes they get upset with me, but I'm, I'm not asking from a, a negative place. I'm actually asking from the healing place mm-hmm. where I'm asking, you know, do we just need a different pronoun that has no male or female in there because they doesn't make sense to me, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but then I will, I'll talk to them about it. And I'm like, well, is that because you're acknowledging your past self prior to your transformation and you are therefore they, you both reside with in this physical body um do you call yourself they because you feel plural like do you have both this masculine and this feminine that play back and forth because i have a friend down in mexico Mm -hmm. whose child was from infancy very drawn to the masculine into the the masculine underwear the masculine haircuts but is female okay Uh, so they would go back and forth with female name and masculine name but i've known that child since they were an infant and so when i would go away come back this was all happening with no external influence no social media happening um and i would come back and so it was like no you should call this now the boy name so i would call her by the boy name but But. she would get upset with me she actually wanted me to remember the femininity inside of Mm -hmm. her and so there it it was it was this process where i was like okay that's they Mm -hmm. it's both of them right right or i have a friend who you know grew up and totally embraces and still loves the feminine part of themselves from youth but has become masculine now. They are they because all of their life is encompassed. Right. That makes sense to me. But I do find oftentimes that when I start asking these questions, people don't have the answers to mm-hmm. it and they think that I'm asking out of ignorance, which I am. Right. Uh, because it wasn't part of our world growing up, yeah. you know. And so I'm just trying to understand. And, and I've also, you know, come in contact with some studies on what's happening with autistic people, high leveling autistic people mm-hmm. who neither really relate to masculine or feminine. They're somewhat asexual. Mm-hmm. And so while they're talking about feeling disengaged, Engage from their physical body, they'll go in to talk to psychologists who are now pushing changing gender, right. thinking that's the answer. For right. some people, it is. You know, I had a I had a student who was struggling all through high school. After high school, came out to me, said, "You know, I'm gay." I said, "Great." Uh, came out to me again, needed to tell me I have. You know, I I have a very older partner. Okay, mm-hmm. great. You know, just needed to talk to somebody who unconditionally yeah. would accept and love them. Okay, my partner and I we're gonna have a a, ch- a child together. Awesome, great. Okay, Miss Lou, I need to talk to you. Uh, I'm I'm gonna become a boy. Okay. Great. You know, is that um, why? Why are you doing that? Is that because it makes you feel safer? Because that person had had a lot of trauma in high school with the opposite sex. I thought, well, maybe they feel safer. Uh, No, I now look the way that I've always felt. And then I was like, 
oh, you kept putting yourself in those unsafe situations because you thought you were masculine, but mm-hmm. then under, you know, maybe drugs or alcohol, those masculine energies would now turn on your feminine body. Right. Oh, so now you feel more like yourself and that person is a success story. Very, very happy, beautiful, shining example of what that change is supposed to look like. Right. But then, you know, some of these autistic kids will go through the change. Well, they just naturally, autistic people don't feel right in mm-hmm. their physical body so that wasn't the solution and so going back to what you were saying is it a trend is it a fad i think so for some but not for all there are success stories but i think there need to be more questions and the people who are being asked the questions if they could come out of that hypersensitivity to realize that these questions are being asked to help them sort out uncertainty Mm -hmm. and unfamiliar unfamiliar territory you know and especially if it's around the time of hormones we all feel weird (laughs) you know i mean there's just some days where i do tend more towards my masculine side Mm -hmm. you know i i really uh walked around with my father a lot um yeah I, i learned a lot from my uncles that's why in my 30s you know when i was running sweat lodges i understood how to do the fire right you know i understood how to do the wood i understood all of that from a masculine perspective but now as i'm older and softening i'm like oh good i'm so much like my mom <laughs> and they are very binary i grew up yeah. in a household where it was like they're still married they've known each other since they're 15 my mom is wow. very much the female my father is very much the male you know wow. so um yeah, I do have that experience, but I'm also really open to understanding um, what all of the different environments and influences and biology are for each individual. Yeah, because yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. We talked about this last time you were on, but there was a special that uh, so you know Vice, right? Uh, oh, yeah. So Vice had run a special a few years back where they were talking about, um, like, where parents where they wanted a little girl, but when they had a child born it was a boy so right off the bat they started treating them as a female with the hope of making them into a transgender later on and since since they were young it was all mija this or, or daughter this girl that feminine uh, feminine um clothing feminine toys always refer to him as a her and at the point when she was like five she had made a statement like oh you know what i don't know why people think i'm a boy i'm a girl so the 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 mom um, was like, you know what? We're having your sex transformation today. It was like, wait, well, wait a minute. How can you? And this is a process that that this is a the not 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 the misconception, but this is where I get upset. Is that you've been not blending, but you've been shaping this person to be something that they're not. Mm-hmm. And if you go through with this and give them through all this ridicule, and at the end of the day, when they finally when their their cortex is actually developed at what twenty five, mm-hmm. when they finally are able to have their their own thoughts and think for themselves, and they're like, wait a minute, this whole fucking time in my life, I've been lied to and I've lo- I've lived the wrong thing. The effects that that could have on that person, mm-hmm. whether like we were talking about earlier, how if if they go through all this shit now, their their outlet is going to be violence, or their outlet might be even even as saddening as taking their own lives because they yeah. just felt like. Um, like everything is a lie to them mm-hmm. shit like this is very devastating to people that, mm-hmm. that and we don't understand it for our own selfishness and i have no problem if you are a part of the lgbtq i don't give a shit 
to me you are like you said i know you sonia that's who you are i know you know you could come back and be like oh, well i'm fine my name's actually brian i don't give a fuck you know what i mean <laughs> what's up Brian? yeah it was good brian <laughs> like dab it up you know what i mean at the end of the day i don't give a fuck i know you as a person i'm not, I'm not judging you because um oh well sonia's cool because you know her hair and she looks like a woman she's got to be cool no it's the person is who you are it's a human or with right exactly you're you're more intrigued by the human on the inside than what's on the outside right. and, and it's sad that a lot of these people nowadays will do this to people and they like basically torture them their but whole see, life right. when you when you really look at it um a lot of what's what's happening right now in our culture and in society um has been by by consent right like indirectly um now to say that there is an agenda or there's been a narrative to to make because there's clearly a lot of confusion right right, like right now where the trend is that a lot of especially younger people are confused about their gender right, right? that they want to become transgender or that they're male and they want to be female and vice versa but now maybe there was a lot of that before but now because of social media and cameras and everything everything now is hyper focused because there's a camera or mm-hmm. a mic or or um, something on it so yeah. but the confusion might have always been there now it's just we could always see it but nonetheless for sure there is more of the confusion more of the curiosity because there is an overwhelming amount of stress in our culture in our society and not to mention that you know social media entertainment music all these all these these platforms in our culture they have a huge influence on especially mm-hmm. the younger generation, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, it's all and it's hard to speak, I guess, as a society as a whole, because it's 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 vague, right? We can't mm-hmm. say like, oh, people allowed this to happen. But in a way, like we have the part at least and this is my cons my conspiratorial side, is that <laughs> we have been conditioned to accept everything that's happening right now because of the music, because of the movies, mm-hmm. because of everything that's, you know, been uh, essentially imprinted on us. And now these younger generations, like and, and, and the, I guess what I'm trying to get to is that it all falls back on even the, the educational system. People are not taught. We as human beings are not taught how to communicate, how to talk, how to accept and, and question and, and have these open conversations. Yeah. And so, because of that now you're seeing the negative effects of that to where you're right. having you know teenagers you know even kids at this point and even at that falls in some form of child abuse right where our laws are not even conducive to protecting you know a six-year-old who shouldn't there you know if he's a male like mm-hmm. biologically then that kid needs to be a male up until a certain age like right i mean the laws are so vague sometimes and and, and depending on the states where they're not even you know I some people would consider that uh, like the story that you just told. That's a that's a form of of child abuse. Absolutely right. Like forcing a kid uh, to be a different gender that yeah. even themselves at some point are verbally saying like, "No, I'm not a girl." Like, right. I'm a boy or vice versa. Yeah. But, anyways, um, it just goes to show you where we are as a culture, where we mm-hmm. are as a society. And right now, we're living in a time where there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of stress, mm-hmm. and it might be manufactured. Oh, that's what I was wanting to say. It's manufactured <laughs> consent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Norman Chomsky, mm-hmm. uh, this guy, uh, and he, and even people like George Orwell, like you know, people that back in the '70s and '80s were talking about this particular mm-hmm. this time and period that we're living in. Mm-hmm. 
um, you could see it because you saw the how culture and how society and how people were shifting into you know what we're having right now and and in a way it it is um the crazy part that it's all it's literally it's that's all it comes down to it's manufactured consent because we all these arguments and and these and these conversations that we're having like at the end of the day it, it all comes down to i think what the internet has done it's made the world one community but mm-hmm. we forget that there's millions of communities right right and just the way like the city of El Paso is one community, right? Mm. Well, the city of El Paso broken down into different, that's, there's tons of different communities in El Paso, right? right? So when you think of the world in that sense, like, and I think that's where we have, um, in terms of solutions to what's going on, I think that's where we have to start. We have to start to really see that, okay, like, you know, you respect everybody's beliefs and everybody's way of thinking, and that's fine. But essentially, I think that it's about creating a community of people around you that are like-minded with mm. so that you can start building from there because right. then I think, you know, um, the Beatles were classic. We're saying, you know, love conquers all right. Mm-hmm. Like I think essentially we as human beings, we, we all have this notion of what's good and what's, what's yeah, bad. The moral right? compass. Right. It's a moral, it's innate to us as human beings, right? right. Like we know we shouldn't hurt somebody or kill somebody. Like right. that's just, it's, it's in our psyche to not do it. So, I think there's, it's a very, obviously very thin line and, and, you know, it's vague, but nonetheless, I think what it comes down to is that if, I guess I, I just don't, um, because, and I'm try, trying to get my, gather my thoughts on <laughs> but <laughs> I think we spend so much time and energy arguing on, well, is that right? Or is that wrong? And, and, and all putting our two cents in that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like who fucking cares? Like right. what we should really do is all right, let's start rebuilding now because the power, we have the power. We, the people have we the power. Absolutely. We don't have to go to government and ask them if we can do this. We don't have to. And you're seeing it now, right? Like mm. with the, 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 it, there's this the war that's been going on forever, yep. right? Like between, and now you're, it's even more now where you see the overreach of government and other institutions like the corporate right facebook and social media um censoring and blocking certain information so um at the end of the day is we have the power and the only way that we as and and this goes for anybody if you are an lgbt or you do believe that your child should change his gender fine create a community and then build it and see how much support that's going to get right but what i'm saying is overall love conquers all and good most likely was going to win. Right. So if we can build communities that are with love and that are with good, that's going to overtake everything. So it's not a matter of trying to contest the argument or the current narrative about what's right or wrong. And it's more about fuck all that, like Mm -hmm. scratch that. Like let's not even spend energy on it. Let's just rebuild. Let's create communities of like, look, this is what we all think is right. And we all want our kids to grow up in a healthy environment. We all want um, and I think that's what it comes down to too, right? Like it's, um, I chose not to have kids because I look at the world and where it's going and it's scary, Yeah. but this ain't scary. It's times used to be scary way before. Yeah. Like that's just that I've it's been conditioned. Different, yeah. Scary. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, listening to both of you that the thing that keeps coming up is, is the word trust, you know, trust, trust. I shared that really weird story about Carl Jung, but in, in you, you can, you can substitute anything that you want to in mm. there. It could be, he was, he was afraid to go against social media and his social group on, on Facebook. He was right. afraid to do that. He was so afraid 
was breaking a sweat, but something about what they were doing didn't feel right to him, you know? So he goes into this like deep dream state and he decides he's going to connect to himself. Mm-hmm. He is really going to listen to what the force that is inside of him is telling him to do, no matter what anybody else around him is telling him, no matter what's been preached to him, whether it's from the school system, whether it's from society, whether it's from its social group, whether it's another psychologist telling him what he thinks he's supposed to be or she's supposed to be, no matter what that source is, Take a big shit on it, you know? Like, really, (laughs) that thing is not who you really are. It is not the ultimate source of power. And that is where I really appreciate who that individual was in the stream of time because he was coming up in psychology during a time where God was dead. That was Mm. niche, you know? And he was like, actually, there's this powerful force that is moving me my entire life Mm -hmm. to go in this direction and I can't not go Mm. I have to go this way and if you people need me to create some system that's not religion for you to be able to find your way psychologically to a place where we should all know in our hearts through Mm. love and through through understanding then I'm going to give you this psychological path to your soul here you go follow this way we're all containing all of these same things everything that we're dealing with there are other people that are dealing with it yes find people who believe the same way that you are so that you're not alone but then i would challenge people now now fall in love with people who are not just like you right yeah that way you get to learn the difference Mm -hmm. um let me let me ask you something on because i know you had mentioned earlier about how people are are starting to get offended for other people, which is creating this whole cancel culture Mm. on the psychologist's view or the look of it. How dangerous is this cancel culture? Just from a humanist standpoint, you know, I hear a lot of uh, parallels being drawn right now to what's happening in our society and worldwide to the Holocaust culture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something people don't want to tap into. Um, is something that I've had conversations with people. You know, are you anti-vax? Are you pro-vax? I'm like, no, and yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can go all the way yeah. to autonomy of your body, and I can go all the way over here to how selfish human beings are and how how lucky we are to have vaccines in our country you Mm. know when in africa they're still dying from you know things that we've eradicated right um so you could go any direction Uh, ultimately every person needs to find their own way there Mm -hmm. right and so how how devastating is it i think it's it can kill the human soul and by that i don't just mean individually i mean globally Mm -hmm. you know there's the term is called anima mundi that is that the world is alive through all of us being connected to one another. Mm-hmm. And I think the forgetting that that my well-being and your well-being and your well-being, right. all of our well-being in this room, it creates an intensified uh, presence here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the forgetting that each person is part and particle of an intelligence that has all of the planets rotating in perfect synchronicity. I was talking to Robert about this. We are the 
only species in the entire cosmos that does not just follow, you know, some elliptical pattern that right. are not mathematically <laughs> able to, you know, uh, to see what is happening. But in the stream of time, all of these things are heading towards something and we can mm-hmm. try and block it. But this force is so much bigger than us. Right. You know, and so we can try and cancel this person for feeling this way. And nope, that's not allowed. And that's not allowed. And that's not allowed. But but actually, it's all here mm-hmm. right now. Why is it here? What can we learn from every aspect of it? If we uh, if we just cancel things, if we just keep deleting people as friends, if we just keep blocking things that don't agree with us, then we're mm. we're failing to evolve. Again, going back to that transgressive theory, it's like you may have to be really uncomfortable for a moment. Yes. But that's part of our growth. Absolutely. You know, right now at this period of time where a lot of things that people are longing for, they were attached to, they were addicted to it. They're not there right now to cling to. Mm -hmm. What is birthing in front of you? You know, I've had a lot of people say, well, what do we tell children at this time? You know, mm-hmm. Robert's talking about this time is so difficult. And it is. I've, I've had many times during this last couple of years <laughs> where I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not a parent. And yet I have so mm. many children that right. I love. And uh, what do we tell them? We tell them there's a way. Right. Just that. You know, we didn't get to where we are, how our parents got there. Our parents didn't get there based on how our grandparents got there. Nobody has ever fallen the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Just tell the kids there's a way and they'll look for it. Right. You know, and and that's where we're touching in on these educational parameters coming from all directions. And it's not just the educational system. You're talking about the government. You're talking about all these things. It still comes down to the individual finding the way mm-hmm. how do you find the way right <laughs> you right. know how do, how do you stop telling the little boy he's a little girl and let them blossom into that right. and just on that story i, I was talking to a bind uh, uh an, a non-binary couple who had a little boy and were trying to call the little boy they mm-hmm. and she and he kept going i'm a boy no i'm a boy Uh, i'm a boy and so you know there are some things that cannot be taken out and maybe it does take till the 20s and then that's gonna be a whole other you know (laughs) that's gonna be a whole therapy session right there but (laughs) but i I think again trust like how do we start to trust that intelligence you know i heard somebody say you know if you get the vaccine you're separating yourself from your soul and from god really no <laughs> no. What about Your that? Your uh, soul cannot be separated. The varicella vaccine you got and the measles vaccine you got when you, you were a kid. Can't. Yeah. Have, uh, have you looked under a microscope? Yeah. You know, do you, it is complicated beyond all description under there. How did somebody see that pattern? How did they see that? You're going to tell me that wasn't inspired somehow that they were able to, to see that and break right. that apart and then do what with it? I mean, you know, it, it's it's limiting ourselves to cancel any idea. Again, you know, like, is this good for us? Is this bad for us? It's really has to come down to like, stop looking outward. Mm-hmm. Start, you know, looking, start inward. looking inward. Yeah. You see, and one of the things that I really love that you said that sometimes we have to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions because that truly, I truly believe that's the only way that you'll learn. Mm-hmm. Adversity builds character. Growth Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because that, because it, so I know we had so back in the a uh, few episodes back we had a uh, Danny Viegas who's who's big here in El Paso he was 
um, charged with a uh, double murder. He did 20 years. Um, it turns out that everything that was used against him was all made up. He he had nothing to do with it. He This happened when he was 16. He got out. He finally got acquitted. Hmm. But anytime, so before, prior to meeting him, you know, you hear, here's this dude who's charged with double murder. So right off the bat, oh, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Right? Right off the bat, you got to, oh, he's this, he's that, because that's the way they build them, right? Stereotypes are real for exactly. a reason. Absolutely. And when yeah. you meet, when I met the dude, I was like, dude, this is like the fuck. This dude's still like a kid. He's still like a, because this happened to him when he was 16. So think about it. He's been institutionalized or in the system at that age. He stopped growing at that age. You know what I mean? Like similar to like Michael Jackson. He stopped growing at five because he was in the spotlight and he was making adult decisions at mm-hmm. fucking five. And you can't do that to people. Mm-hmm. You are not allowing them to become themselves. And, and at the end of the day, you know, like I said, our stereotypes, right? Putting ourselves in that position. At the end of the day, coming coming away with with a Daniel uh, Daniel Viegas, after getting to actually sit down here, meeting him, talking to him face to face like this, to where he could, if he was a murderer, if I say something stupid, boom, I'm in arm's length that he could do something right. about it, right? Yeah. But the fact that you put yourselves in situations where you get to learn and be like, wait a minute, just because person A says something about person B doesn't necessarily make it correct. You know, because people have certain built in, not prejudice, but misunderstandings about people. And it's easier to spread that heat that you have to somebody else than to actually experience it. And and I think a lot of people won't ever really be comfortable, like, going, like just touching on what you said in regards to, like, we have already these preconceived ideas and notions, right. uh, especially when it comes to stereotypes, right? Yeah. I'm not racist by any means. Right. But we and this goes and let's for example we i know the stereotypes of african-american people mm-hmm. just the way african-american people know the stereotypes of mexicans right right like i remember um i was working construction in dallas uh about two years ago and uh i remember i was working with four guys and one of them was my brother and we were pulling this fiber optic cable mm-hmm. and it, it was funny because uh there was two there was three guys white Caucasian males, they were sitting on a truck and they were the supervisors for that job site. Right. And here you have four Mexicans from El Paso mm. pulling fiber out the cable right. and we're all like right behind each other. So we're pulling the cable and these white guys are looking at us and my brother, him being a less educated and pretty much a moron <laughs> makes the, his own racist comment. And he right. says he, he, as we're walking by these white guys, he tells them, he was like, <laughs> he says, <laughs> Uh, we're not pulling hard enough, are we? I'm going to go get us some more Mexicans. Damn. And everybody was like, all right, that's pretty racist. But he's the one that said it, like, right. about ourselves, right? Yeah. So then we carry on. On our, on our way back, now, the one of the white guys um, tells us, he's like, hey, you guys aren't pulling hard enough. I'm going to go get more Mexicans for you. Oh, fuck. And now, so then I literally stopped pulling because at that point, I mean, I was in charge of, of the work that we were doing. Mm-hmm. So I stopped and then everybody like stopped. And I told my brother in front of him, I said, let that be the last time that you ever make a racist remark in front of me. Mm-hmm. I was like, you just allowed these guys to feel comfortable making racist remarks. Right. And you might be, you might think it's funny. You might think it's okay. But there's other people, there's other men that are here that might not be okay with that. Right. So you're going to incite something that other people might not be okay. So right. don't be an idiot. Mm. and everybody like and it was weird because that was a very just natural thing for me to do Mm -hmm. where it was like it 
Um, I didn't feel like it was inappropriate, but I'm glad that it happened and nothing else came from it because it set the tone, letting them yeah. know like, hey, like we're not cool with you doing that. Yeah. And telling my brother at this case, like, dude, it's like, the same way. Yeah, man, like don't do that. Right. So what I'm trying to say is that yes like some people would say like i'm not like i'll say it right like i'm not racist but we all know the jokes right mm -hmm. and the the thing is like it's, it's being able to have conversations about it and um realizing like that that there's truthful things or there's truthful there's painful truths that are out there mm -hmm. and that one thing that I feel we fall victim to is that because it's happening in a very small part of the world, for example, like this, this argument of um, these microaggressions or the, the they's and zays and all that, mm -hmm. that's part, that's happening in one corner of the world, but yet media and, and whoever covers it, you know, blows it out of proportion to make it seem like, Oh, everybody's doing this. Everybody's right. talking about right. this. Everybody's having this conflict. Right. And because we're so, again, we're, propaganda is real mm -hmm. right i mean that's why you know millions of people have died through the hands of dictators and through you know movements because of propaganda right. and if there's one thing that the human being is really really good at is not being good at being human beings when they're <laughs> when they're collect when they're as a whole the mob the mob, the mob right? mentality and so like people need to to remember and really think for themselves and realize that because it's you hear about it on your scroll or you hear about it somewhere else like mm -hmm. it's not happening everywhere right right and w that's part of the conditioning that's part of the propaganda that they want to make you believe that it's happening everywhere so that so that it does essentially become everywhere right so but it normalizes it yeah right. if in your mind you're, yeah. you're creating yeah. that reality that state of being of being immersed in a situation that isn't even in your direct environment exactly yeah. <laughs> and we're and you're doing it that's manufactured mm -hmm. consent yeah. they're, they're telling yeah. you that that's what's happening and then you go and talk about okay. it at dinner yeah it's happening it's happening <laughs> it's the truth. It's like, it's, no dude it's yeah. fucking happening in one place like, right so mm -hmm. People like make like that's the thing, right? Like, and it goes back to take back your power. Mm -hmm. Like, you create your own. Like, in other words, don't spread negativity. If you right. hear about things that are happening, like, eh, like especially this in the time that we're living right now with this whole COVID nonsense, mm -hmm. right? Pro vax, vax, fuck all that. Who cares? There's so much other shit to talk about. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things that were happening way before this. Mm -hmm. Like what? Now people are realizing that the government's out overreaching. That right. they're trying to impose the, uh, motherfuckers. Like this shit's been happening for a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like why are you guys? Why are you guys making it seem like oh it's just it's happening? Brand new. No, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't be acting brand new. Like <laughs> it's been going on for a while. So the only way to beat that is like okay, yeah, cool, whatever. But let's talk about Everything whatever else, else right? Yeah. Like there's still so many things to like beautiful things in life to talk about or even right. just talk about your sovereignty talk yeah. about what that means to not mutually consent what is that to not consent but how do you do that i was reading a book recently and uh for my course and it was uh it's called citizen and and in the book she is narrating all of her experiences of racism and all of the the ways that you know it, it she's confronted with it on a daily basis and i'm reading the book and and i'm remembering like in my 
30s when I got really, really angry about cultural appropriation mm. and also about what it means to be Hispanic and to not know that you're Native American. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And then all of a sudden you're in your 30s and you're like, what? I'm Native American? <laughs> you know, and you're like, wait, why didn't I know that? You know, and, and then in the in the meantime, we've been colonized and, and been colonized to such an extent that we forget what it's like when you take the structure off of you and what it's like to just stand barefoot as a human being mm-hmm. on the st- on the earth and to watch the sunrise right you know and watch the stars rotate and and to be in contact with that mm-hmm. that's the empowerment right that's the yeah. beauty how many times has nature saved a person's life right 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 well that's what's called what earthing right when yeah, you're earthing. when you when you have your foot to the ground and you're able to reconnect and get that positivity coming back from the ground from the earth mm-hmm. um let me ask it. This is kind of a weird question because I know I have. I, I know I'm not. I'm probably not going to be the only one who has this thought process. But as a as a whole, I think a lot of people want to be good people, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's innate to I, us. I, I think that's that's in a whole. We really want to be that good person. Mm-hmm. However, with so much, and, and this is the thing that sucks with so much data available to us. On, on, on our phones, on our tablets or whatnot, instead of trying to learn how to grow as a better person or grow as how can I do something to benefit my family that isn't just, I mean, monetary wise, great, right? If you have money, if you have money, you're able to, you're afforded a lot more luxuries. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, I think Bob Marley said it best. If you focus on money, you're never going to be you're never going to get to the end cuz money has no end it's an infinity mm-hmm. so you never get to the end and be the person that you want to be cuz you're too money driven how can how can somebody you know coming with their with your psychological background how can i focus more on being a better me and not focusing on all right, there I am on social media, and oh my God, this dude has that. Oh fuck him, because you know what I mean. <laughs> Automatically, even though you're not, you're trying to be a better person, you don't want to hate. I, I don't want to hate people or be like, not not. I guess hate is a strong word. I don't want to be envious, envious of people right. because you know. But you're human, so right? You're right. So it's gonna happen, right? <laughs> you know, but how, how how can I focus more on the positive and be like, you know, what, that's good for that cat. That worked out for him. That might not work out for me if I do that same route. You know what I mean? Because everybody has a different path, right? What could I do as a person to build myself to be a better human than a better cock or, or, or sprocket in the machine that we're going in through that right. you're talking about? Right. Well, the, 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 you said, there I am on social media. I'm like, right there. <laughs> that right there. Well, you got to remember media. we are a podcast. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that. And I know that, we're, you know, I'm always walking a fine line when I talk about that because it has it has provided us so many things. And right there is part of that judgment, right? Right. Um, but I am learning, you know, how to use social media as a platform to create. Right. And I think that that, that to me is like the, the bottom line. If you're going to be on there then get rid of comparison you know that comparison is is gonna kill everything beautiful about yourself Mm -hmm. um and then the second step is create something 
Mm-hmm. Like be in a process yourself of creating something and you won't be jealous, angry, pissed off at somebody else for creating whatever it is they're doing. You can balance that scale. You can be a product of your own mental space, of your own family. You know, you're talking about like how do you how do you bring healing to your own family right. beyond the monetary, which is of course infinite need, right? right. Practice contentment. Well, how do you practice contentment well you gotta find things that aren't aren't costing you money Mm. right it's like when was the last time you and your family went for a walk or you know sat in i don't know got a block of clay and molded things with Mm. your hands Uh, got a big sheet of paper put it on your kitchen table and started painting and got lost in the spirit of creation Mm -hmm. Um, and by that i mean like you're just so in your own moment in your own process and uh that was a lot of what Jungian psychology taught you know so you have Neumann you have Young, you have Hillman, and they're talking about healing fiction, mm-hmm. right? The stories that we tell inside of our head, right. um, how we characterize somebody else, right? That yeah. asshole. You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, like, who, how are you populating your daily life? Who are the characters that you're putting in it? What's the genre right. that you have on a daily basis? And, and how much responsibility for the tone of your day are you giving to yourself? Mm-hmm. This is all part of that empowerment thing you know that was just being talked about by Robert by you know what happens when you don't consent to what you're being told to do what happens if you don't give over all your mental or emotional space to what other people are telling you to do you're gonna get bored right 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 you're gonna be sitting there and you're bored and out of (laughs) your boredom you better find something to do and and hopefully you know you find something constructive to do so at the end of the day you know you're looking you have these super cool paintings Mm -hmm. all around this like this room you're looking at what you've done and and that's the topic of your discussion for Mm -hmm. the day is this is what i've done this is what this is what my life is about yeah now you have something that is positive that's a force for good Mm -hmm. that's healing you know um you see but but that's kind of hard because there's there's some people that have had a bad string of events for their whole life so yes if they have you know it automatically a lot of people are always me um i'm always the uh i'm always the the villain in a story right Mm -hmm. so somebody who has that mentality who can't really see the positive in what they've done how what what information can you give them to try to start looking or to help them to start finding that but there's also a very thin line between um being a victim right that's like that's um the somebody, victim mentality somebody who, or? Yeah, yeah it's a victim mentality you victimize yourself you mm-hmm. if you have a bad string of things happening to you the acknowledgement of that itself is a victimization because right. the truth is life is life man life is fucking hard yeah like life happens to everybody right right like everybody gets fired everybody gets a divorce everybody goes bankrupt well not everybody right, right. a everybody lot of people those do trials and tribulations yes like and that's so so let's say you had all those in a row and then mm-hmm. your your dog gets sick and then your kid gets sick. Like, right. so, oh my God, like that th- life is bad, like shitty right now. How can I change it? No, dude, that's life. Yeah. So what you really have to learn is that, and, and this is my two cents, is you first, you have to learn and accept that to live is to suffer. Suffering is a part of life, right? And mm-hmm. that's Buddhism. That's um, uh, Victor Frankl, amazing uh, psychologist who developed this uh what's called logotherapy he wrote this book called the man's search for meaning Mm -hmm. 
And uh, he was a psychiatrist that got picked up by the Nazis and served as a doctor in uh, five different concentration camps. And he got to see the Holocaust, not only as a prisoner, as a Holocaust member himself, but also as a psychiatrist. So he writes this very compelling book that tells a story um, on how human nature, the first thing that the, the, the humans that died first were the people that lost hope. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing is mm-hmm. hope. Like you as an individual, if you want to get better, know that if you're living right now and you're healthy and you have two legs and you're breathing, mm-hmm. you have way more than hope that you have right. hope that tomorrow's going to be a better day. That things that, you know, the sun does come up after, right. you know, um, and educating yourself. Right. Like, and maybe I think th- there comes to a point cause I feel like I've reached that where you can only gain so much information. You can only read so many books. You can only read so, or listen to so many podcasts up to a point where like, okay, don't listen, don't gain any more, but start applying, start implementing. Like, you know, like in psychedelic trips, they tell you about, you know, um, Alan Watts says, you know, when you get the message, hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can have all these like in psychedelic trips, you can have these mind blowing mystical experiences. But how many of those are you going to have before you start integrating what you've actually learned in the experience? Yeah. Or even on the on the other scope, you know, even if you're having those psychedelic experiences, I, I have had people purposely keep going down the road of the trauma. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, well, this is happening, this is happening, and then I was shown this, and there it was again. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, okay, well, you keep going down that road. Well, there it yeah. is. It is there. Right. You know, I do I, I do trauma work with people who've been raped or who have been through child abuse and who've had you know siblings murdered and right. things like that. And it's like. It, I don't downplay that. I'm not Pollyanna. It's like, yeah, life is fucked up sometimes, you know, and I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I I always make sure that they know that that's where I'm coming from, but you're not, you're not forever destined to always end up in that place. You don't have to end up there. Mm -hmm. There is a whole other scope, but it's just that you keep looking down that way. You know, I had one client who was like, you know, wanted me to understand where they were coming from. And they were, they were extremely aware of, of the greater things of life, but were showing me a tool video mm-hmm. uh, because there are a lot of really psychedelic images in there. And I was watching it and, and I, and at the end of it, I said, okay, but you know, if I'm having a psychedelic experience and there's some fucking disgusting toilets in there, like yeah. the ones in there, I clean them. <laughs> like I literally <laughs> do that. That's, yeah. It's called active imagination. Like that is, something that I literally do or I myself have had some traumas in my life and they do come up you know in meditations or memories and you know I'm sitting there and I'm like yep there it is Mm -hmm. and and I've had it where oh but what happens if I just went this way Mm -hmm. uh not not to deny it you know it's like actually just I'm just curious you know where would my well why can't I be that is all me or oh my god if I stop the moment the first my before my first childhood trauma if I stop right there before I went into the garage of that asshole neighbor you know like wait what happens there where am I and that was actually what happened the last time I was in you know a course and we were all you know forced to go back to these memories or whatever and Mm. I was like oh yeah well there it is and it's not charged anymore so i'm like okay well here we are but i was really happy when the image stuck of me on the sidewalk looking up at the sun (laughs) Mm, and i was like three years old that was the story that day was i'm a child of the sun 
And what's amazing to me is that for my entire life, I can I can now from having had that memory stop right there and being mm-hmm. like, whoa, I was in my three-year-old body. I was in that communion state with the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having this Jesus moment. I was having <laughs> this like, you know, fully immersed in, in my unbrokenness. Right. I was whole in that moment. There were no stories attached to it. In fact, there's no story, just the sun mm-hmm. and the light and all of a sudden all the times of my life where i've had those you know moments of just total relief mm-hmm. that's a really simple moment but that's like the quieting of the story right. right i'm not even creating anything i'm just now existing in this moment in this moment nothing's happening to me and a lot of that it, it comes by choice right like you choose actively um and i know we got to wrap it up here no 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 go ahead. Joe, no you're good, you're good i think one thing also that i think it's important for people to um to hear or to really kind of to uh to indulge at least right mm. is um the there's a psychotherapist named esther Perel, and uh she stated that the quality of your life is dictated by the quality of your relationships mm. and i think that if you really if you embrace that statement um and you start to analyze the relationship that you have with the people around you yeah you know and obviously this goes most people i would say nine out of ten people i would say uh you you experience some form of unhappiness or suffering because that's life right um and i think anybody that listens to anything is because they're they're searching and they're seeking right Mm -hmm. and so um when i speak i think i I feel I feel compelled to speak to the people that are searching for something, and because I know myself, I'm, I've been seeking and searching for a long time, and I've been fortunate enough to to have life experiences that have taught me a great deal of things, and I've been very fortunate to have amazing people in my life that have taught me a great deal of things, and right. um, from that is it's it's the quality of your relationships, right? So is getting rid of of not people, but of things that don't serve your life, that don't mm. serve your purpose, find out what your purpose is. And how do you do that is sit on a, on a cushion, sit out in a park, just sit and just don't do nothing. Don't be on your phone. Don't look for answers. Don't do anything. Just sit and yeah. it'll come to you. We as human beings have this beautiful and extremely lux- luxurious gift of the universe that there is a God force and not jesus christ not right. buddha whatever god is to you but that speaks to you mm-hmm. and if you just shut the fuck up enough right it'll speak you'll hear it and yeah. that's all you have to do and the 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 easiest way to find contentment and to find peace is literally to, it, these things are, are free you don't have to go to a yoga class you don't have to <laughs> meditate right i mean you know those are all great things but the 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 most effective and the most uh, beneficial things to do for yourself are the simplest and the the cheapest and the easiest. Yeah. And um, one thing to definitely examine is to examine the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that uh, I've personally learned that it's very very hard and it's very difficult to be honest mm-hmm. with people that you love uh, about how you feel and how you think. Right. But it's very very hard to be honest with yourself. Oh yeah. And the thing is that if you're lying to yourself you're in a world of hurt mm-hmm. because you can lie to other people. You can lie to your friends. You can lie to your coworkers. That's easy. Yeah. I mean, we've done it all the time, but if you're lying to yourself, 
I mean, you're really fucking up yeah. because then at that point, I mean, there's nobody else to lie to. So mm-hmm. I think it's important for you to sit down and, and, and analyze, you know, who you are, where you are, what are your priorities in life? And, um, I think we've, we're coming into a point in, in time where the rat race, the, the monetary system, the, the ego, all that is being highly questioned and it's hi- it's being highly contested. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the thing there's, there couldn't be a more perfect and more beautiful time to be alive because of the overwhelming amount of resources of information of people of, of life that is around us that yeah. we have access to. And so, um, you know, 22 people a day on average, uh, veterans, uh, commit suicide mm-hmm. from PTSD every day. Right? right. And it's sad to say, but there's a lot of people, um, that are suffering from depression, from anxiety, mm-hmm. from, uh, suicidal ideations and tendencies. And, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've worked in a behavioral health hospital where on a regular basis, I encounter people that are experiencing psychosis, uh, induced from stress, mm-hmm. psychosis induced from drug abuse, um, people that are there regulars for a suicide attempt. And, and life is hard, man. Like life mm-hmm. is like, it is hard that like things are hard. And, you know, you were raped by a dad, uncle, brother. That's tough. And it's right. unfortunate. Um, but the thing is that there right now that anybody who is in despair, anybody that is, is depressed and anxious, um, aside from having hope for your life, mm-hmm. there is an overwhelming amount of people that are going through exactly what you're going through. Right. And an overwhelming amount of people that possess the ability to help you heal, to help you find a purpose, to find you, help you find that joy in life. And mm-hmm. like I said, um, I've been fortunate enough to be in those realms where I've come across beautiful people that uh, in one way or another indirectly have brought value and purpose to life itself. And the thing is that there it's all of us and it's mm-hmm. all around you. Right. Yeah. So. Like you said, a lot of it is free, but uh, see, I agree with everything you say. The only thing I have not, not contradictory, but it's, it's just so hard nowadays for people in general to get away from that fucking phone. Mm-hmm. It's an you know addiction. I mean? it's, it's an addiction. An addiction. Yeah, because, you know, the mm-hmm. dopamines and all that. The dopamine the, hit. Yeah. The, the fucking rushes that you get. And, and, and it's such a, you know, I've always said people are their own worst enemies. Yeah. And that, it's the absolute truth because yeah. with the kids, the moment, you know, I'm trying to do something and the kids, hey, dad, hey, dad. I was like, you know what? Here, here's the fucking phone. Go to YouTube. Go leave me the fuck alone. You know what I mean? And it's because you're <laughs> yeah. so overwhelmed with so much other shit. Mm-hmm. That's really not that meaningful and when you sit down and think about it because what's more meaningful is, you know, when I, like I'll think back to my childhood is luckily I didn't have any of that shit, right? Yeah. My mm-hmm. form of entertainment is when I get home, I put my shoes on, I'm playing ball, I'm doing some shit till the sun comes down and I come back or I'm helping my dad in the garage doing whatever or my mom and we're sitting and spending quality time as opposed to here's the fucking TV, here's the fucking mm-hmm. iPhone, here's... The iPad, go just go away, just go be somewhere because mom has to talk to so and so to get off her cheese off her fucking chest, or you know what I mean? Whatever it is, you know, it, it is just so. I feel like we're with so much information available to us, we're using it all incorrectly, and it sucks that we're quick to put a judgment on people. And like you said, we can't sit back and look at ourselves and be like, wait a minute, I'm fucking this up for this person that I'm in charge of bringing up correctly in this world. Yeah. Right? And, and that's what it comes down to, man. It's accountability. Right. Like for example, I, I went out and bought 
a high drive dog. Mm-hmm. I knew before I, that dog came home <laughs> that my life was going to change. I knew that I was going to have to spend anywhere from three to five hours every single day right. training that dog. Or else that dog would become destructive. He would become a nuisance yeah. and I would not want him around. Right. right. Which at that point would completely deplete my investment, my time invested, mm-hmm. my emotional attachment and all the things that come with that. Right. It's not to compare a dog to a child. But the thing is that if you're a parent in that context and that, right. that you just explained, if you're a parent, whether you chose to or not, you're a fucking parent. So right. then act like a parent. Right. Be accountable for your choices and your decisions and your lifestyle. Absolutely. If you don't want to do it, then fine. But then don't complain or don't try to find a better way. But the thing is that a lot of people are really quick to give up accountability, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're unhappy or if you're unsatisfied with your life, you're choosing it. Nobody's forcing you. Nobody's, Absolutely. you know, holding a gun to your head saying you have to do this job. Mm-hmm. You have to be this parent. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. Find somebody else for it. Mm-hmm. And, and it might sound drastic and it might sound very inconsiderate or insensitive. But at this point, man, like there's no real reason for anybody to to not be accountable for their shit, mm-hmm. you know. And again, I and I I I don't mean to come off like a like a heartless asshole, but yes, there's people that are suffering from mental from mental um, disorders Condition, and right. conditions, and and it is hard. And but that's there's a very few amount that it's to a point where they need professional help, where they need somebody to intervene so that they don't take their life. Right. All the other people, I mean, and and I, I I'm only talking from my personal experience, but a lot of people are going through this because they're not getting the attention that they want from somebody that they think that they want it from or that right. they want it from it. And so what it comes down to is again, analyzing yourself, analyzing your life, mm-hmm. analyzing your relationship with yourself, with others around you, mm-hmm. eliminating what doesn't work and really taking accountability for what you're doing on a daily basis. What mm-hmm. do you do when you wake up? What do you eat? Right. What do you like, you know, and all these little things matter. And another thing that can, if you want to talk about technical, like start writing, mm-hmm. right? You feel like shit after you, you ate uh, mcdonald's breakfast write it down see the pattern on why you feel like shit write down everything you eat and write down everything you do after mm-hmm. two weeks read it read what you're doing what you're eating and you can figure out why you're feeling like shit yeah self-evaluation it's and that's accountability right like that's basically what it comes down to so yeah. there's no reason why you can't be accountable you see and that's and that's where we come back to what we we're talking about earlier about the uncomfortableness the whole reason that i think people keep on going through that same wheel mm-hmm. Is they have that false sense of comfort because they're like, all right, I'm, if I'm doing this job, I'll be able to do this, and we're comfortable here. I don't want to fuck what we have here and this under what I already know what we have. Because if I fuck this up, then what? I'm either uh, you know you, you consider yourself a failure, or you might let somebody down, or you're too worried about uh, the fake judgment of people that, regardless, people are going to say whatever the fuck they want to say, whether <laughs> you approve of it or not. You know what yeah. I mean? And 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 at that point, something that Vince and I have always said, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me, right? The only people that I think that I have any investment in are the ones that I consider close in my circle. Mm-hmm. If, say, for example, like Rob, we're cool, but if you sound fucking up, it's like, hey, whatever, Rob's just, he's Rob's Rob. Yeah. But if my kid comes up to me and says, hey, dad, you fucking up, it's like, yo, whoa, what do you mean? Wait, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Hold on. Well, first of all, I'm going to whoop your ass. But first and second of all, <laughs> the fuck do you mean? Like, what? You know what I mean? At that, that point, you got to sit down. 
And, and it takes that. And, and I think it's... But why wait till then, I think? Right. You know, earlier, I, you know, it's kind of this Pollyanna thing. When was the last time you did these things yeah. with your kids or whatever? But I think the question was, what do you do when you're feeling meaningless in your family? You're all, If you're feeling it, my sense is like, if you're feeling it, you're mm. not the only one. But everyone's anesthetizing their emotions. Mm-hmm. Everyone's quieting down their thoughts with all of these devices. You know, if we just check out, then we don't have to address what's actually happening here but what happens when you take away all the devices and you put them all away and then you're all sitting in a room together and you don't know what to say Mm -hmm. that's the problem right there Mm -hmm. the meaning the meaninglessness is that you want to love each other more Mm -hmm. that's beautiful that's not a problem you know in and it's like you you're afraid to like share the things that are making you feel down why that's human mm-hmm. you know it, you you want to like learn how to be good storytellers again mm-hmm. you know how do how do you describe your life to people without the camera you yeah. know without the video without referencing something else can you access your storytelling ability because that's what we used to do as right. tribal people you know we used to sit in <laughs> front of fires and we used to tell stories mm-hmm. and what were the stories that we told well you had to be engaged with life or you would have nothing <laughs> to share and there was nothing to distract you talk about being simple right right it's like now the need to make all the money to make the family happy to avoid this meaningless life wait a second we go backwards we don't need all of this stuff our life is very simple now we actually have tons of time together and we're in love yeah and that's really what everyone is seeking you know when i have these clients come and they want to talk to me about things it's like what is it that you need Mm -hmm. well I just, I really want to feel loved and accepted. Well, I love you. I accept you. Right. You do? You mean nothing's wrong with me? This story isn't so weird or my suffering isn't so strange that that you can't accept what I'm, who I am or what I'm doing? No, it's human. Right. You know, or I'll have somebody crying, you know, and it's like, am I just an emotional person? You're a human being. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Show your emotions. Right. But that is what all of these technological devices do is they actually numb our prefrontal yeah, they, cortex they you know, so it. that we don't have to feel anything. We don't have to think anything. But if we give that up, we're talking about governments and all of these other things suppressing mm-hmm. us or taking our soul away. We're not in contact with our own soul at that point. And right. that is when we need to slow way down and take a whole lot of things out of the picture yeah. and just be together. Yeah. You know, it's like this idea of you know meditating go sit well you can do the same thing with your family four floor cushions here we are everyone's gonna sit here we got half an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> we might make each other totally nuts <laughs> but if you're having problems or if there's something that concerns you right. you know i mean this is what the talking stick used to be about right you Absolutely. know where everyone had a chance to voice themselves and and one of the the most healing things you can do when you're talking to somebody who's suffering is just listen yeah and that includes yourself. You're suffering. You're having a hard time. Listen to you. But don't fall into the thought pattern so much that you can't observe and hear yourself. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you have that slight distance, you don't have to fear your emotions. Right. You know, your emotions are there to guide you and to get you on track. Yeah. Like that is actually the most informing thing and the most um, most healing thing you can do for yourself is actually like, lo siento, I'm sorry you're right. having a bad day today, but tomorrow's going to be better. Right. You see, and that's something that, that, so I've heard, so you know how you're talking about a lot of different podcasts, a lot of different things that you hear, and a lot of the times it's good to hear something 
different than the usual you know bullshit which is something that i like about this podcast is that we never come in with an agenda whatever happens happens like i mean well you guys can see we never rob you've been here what three or four times and we've never been like all right we're gonna talk about this now whatever happens happens because we try to keep as real as we can and you know talk about what things things that people don't want to talk about behind but only talk about behind closed doors Mm -hmm. and i think that's really important to be able to have that conversation and one of the things i had learned i actually got from a comedian uh, kevin hart that he said he does with his kids he does free talk and this is something that I've done with my kids. And what free talk is, is that if you have something to say, right, but you don't want to be judged or you're scared to tell because you're afraid that I'm going to get mad. I've told my kids when well, we're sitting down, you know, we're having dinner, you know, one of the things right off the bat, no phones or nothing. When it's dinner time, it's us. Mm-hmm. Put the phones away. I don't give a shit. Even for me, my phone's been blowing up or whatever. I don't give a shit. It's our time. And with the free talk is that you can go ahead and say anything you want without any judgment and we'll come back and solve it as people, not as a parenting unit, mm-hmm. right? And you could come on and my daughter, you know, bless her heart, she'll say, you know, free talk and she'll be like, you know what, this crazy motherfucker is like, oh, well, you're well, fuck, you're eight. But I was like, you know what, cool, do what you got to do. But it's amazing. It's amazing that they feel comfortable, you know what I mean, when you give them that platform. Yeah. And what I'm hoping to achieve with that is later on if something happens that they feel comfortable being like, you know what, Dad, this dude, uh, he was trying to be handsy with me or, you know, whatever it is, or so-and-so was, you know, touching me, how inappropriate, whatever it is, I want these kids to be able to have that safeguard to feel safe around me to tell me something without me automatically getting down their throat or yelling at them or making them feel like it's their fault or anything. I want to be able to have that safe cushion with them. And that's something that I think is very important as a person, but as a parent, it's fucking hard. Right. You know, it's hard to accept mm-hmm. the fault, that that hard truth. And something that we always say when we finish a show is don't be an asshole and don't be a dick. <laughs> and evidently, that hasn't happened because of all the crazy shit that happens. What can we do to achieve that? <laughs> you know what I mean? How can we oh, achieve man. that within ourselves to not be a dick and not be an asshole? I don't know. I still call myself an asshole sometimes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, right. I'm watching myself, and and that to me, you know, it. I don't want that to be disheartening, but it's like you do got to have like a sense of humor at some point. It's just like, <laughs> God damn it, I've got like all the best intentions. I have all the tools. You know, I spend so much time, you know, monitoring my thoughts and taking in good ideas and and you know trying to be a loving person. But mm-hmm. man, I'm I'm hearing myself inside my internal dialogue <laughs> sometimes while I've got this thing going on out here. And this is true for me, but that's true for me too. I think right. the asshole is just part of our psyche, you know. <laughs> and it's like learning how not to let it override, or learning when it's appropriate to allow that right. asshole to step in for us and our behalf. So I don't know, eradicating <laughs> it, maybe not possible, but at it's least coming line. to terms with it. Yeah, yeah it's a thin line because sometimes the asshole has to put everything back and check it into perspective. Absolutely. But when you're being a, an asshole to be an ass, just to be an asshole if on purpose, that's you don't know you're being an asshole, that's what it is. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, that's the worst one, right? <laughs> for sure. Well, you don't know you're the asshole. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> In poker, they say, uh, when you're sitting at a table, if uh, you can't discover who the, the sucker is in 30 minutes of playing, then you're, you're the, the sucker. sucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, There's this uh, philosopher by the name of Robert Anton Wilson who talks about the way that human consciousness and human intelligence increases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it is, is that you have person A 
let's use a for example like uh, meditation mm-hmm. person a is the person that the consciousness the awareness that wants to meditate because they've heard read seen the benefits of meditation right, right. person a becomes person b in the meditation so the person meditates they do their 20 minutes mm-hmm. of just silence and whatever comes whatever doesn't come whatever happens person c is now or awareness c this is all the same person but awareness c is the awareness the consciousness that thinks about what happened during the meditation the self-analyzation the self-talk the letting go the just feeling free mm-hmm that can then analyze the person before the meditation, consciousness, awareness, A, and the way that intelligence increases itself is is by essentially studying and analyzing your own intelligence, right? Right. So it's it all comes down to awareness. Be mindful. And then enfolding it, yeah. Yeah. And it's it and it's tenfold, you know, like and that's that's intelligence squared. Mm-hmm. And that's all happened all within the same, same awareness. Being. And so I think that um, it's important for everybody to realize that we all have, you know, the, these practices of mindfulness and meditation or anything like th- that's the you'll never stop mo- the mind. You'll never stop this neurotic monkey mind that we have. You'll mm-hmm. never stop being an asshole. We're always assholes. Like, I mean, right. you know, um, adversity builds character and, and, and failure is a part of life. Like mm-hmm. it's it's going to happen uh, a really uh, a friend of mine that I have a lot of respect and admiration today, just today, t- uh, text me and we had a little disagreement and he tells me, because uh, he was upset, and he said, you know, I should have listened to, um, I should have listened to what our peers said about you, that, uh, you know, you're, you're a failure to thrive or you're a failure to launch in life. Mm. And uh, and to me, I, I laughed, right? And he told me some other things and, and I found it really comical. I've been really good at not, getting emotionally aroused with my ego mm-hmm. um and for me i found it really funny because i'm like man that's so funny like to think that i've been a failure to launch like man what does that make everybody else because i think i mean i've lived quite a bit and i've had a, tons of failures but right i don't consider myself a failure right and mm-hmm. so um in in this notion and this idea of not not being too concerned about what people think or what mm-hmm. people say um because that's all ego you know people should really learn about what the ego is and how it works and how it takes over your mind your heart your because it can be something that can be self-destructive right and so i'm very fortunate and i'm very happy that i could even come out and say something like that and not be affected at all because i know who i am i know what i possess i know what i can offer to the people around me and and everybody has that that potentiality it has that capability of knowing who you are mm-hmm. um and if you don't figure it out like right. find out and all you have to do is literally just sit with yourself and and listen to yourself listen to your heart it'll come out be yeah. honest like and be honest said, right yeah. i mean that's that's the main thing it's like oh i do have an inner asshole like, sure. like, she is there oh right now she's being an asshole don't, <laughs> don't act on it don't right. act on it it's <laughs> so like i tell the kids what you know what i was like i was talking about earlier a coach or help coach with a team i tell the kids you know what there's no such thing as failure there's just another opportunity to learn from something that didn't go the way you wanted to go. So if you look at it that way, I think it's a lot easier to be like, look at kind of like, you know, the, the half of the cup, uh, half empty as opposed to half full, right? Because if you go with a mindset that I'm failing and I'm failing and you have certain like the snowball effect, right? So all of a sudden you go from I messed something up by accident to now I'm a complete fucking failure. 
Yeah. And if you have that mindset already, no matter what you do, how beautiful and anything that you do in life, you're still considering yourself a failure because of that one fuck up that you had that just snowballed. So I keep on telling people, you're there's no so, there's no such thing as a failure. It's just an opportunity to learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and that's. And that's hard. It's it's hard to take that into your, for yourself sometimes too, because right off the bat you expect you know, society tells you at thirty I should be here, at thirty five I should be here, at forty I should be here. But no, I mean, but there's, what, do you, what, there's, who, what do you what do you tell yourself? Yeah, yeah, it, it's all about says. exactly. It's all about what's meant for you and your deck. You yeah. know what I mean? I always um, like that phrasing too, where it's like, if you haven't failed, you're not trying enough. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Robert said, yeah. I have a whole hell of a lot of <laughs> experience. I mean, my dad told me one time, he's like, you know, I mean, I look at your life, you don't have a, a lot to show for it, you know, quote unquote. He's like, but man, if I could open you up, there's so many treasures in yeah. there, you know, and that's coming from a man who, you know, worked at Chevron from 18 until he retired. Like right. he, he did all the things society told him to do. Right. And he, he appreciates that I have had a hell of a lot more life experience than he yeah. was able to because he was yeah. in an office. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so before we go, uh, like I said, I, I love having you guys. I love having you on. Sonia, it was a pleasure to meet Rob. You know how you know how we are, man. Any last words closing for the people to go ahead and finish this off on a positive vibe? I'll I'll lead it. Yeah, I know I know you. Uh, <laughs> I uh, the other day I um I was sitting and one thing that one word one concept one idea that that kept that came to surface and that I really um it really touched me was uh, resiliency. I think we're in a time right now where we have to be very resilient mm -hmm. and luckily our ancestors um, and who we are as human beings, we're very naturally resilient. And um, I think we're at a time where everybody has to find that mm -hmm. and has to explore it and implore it for the sake of self and for the sake of everybody around you. Mm. And resiliency is something that you can't, it can't be taught. It can be, um, you don't read it anywhere you it's we all have it and right. you know and it, it's in us and so um if anybody takes anything from this is um be resilient mm -hmm. learn it mm -hmm. love it amor fati which is <laughs> lo love your fate there you go that's beautiful oh, that is beautiful well, Sonia? Know, how do i follow up amor right fati. <laughs> oh my uh -oh. goodness the pressure is uh, on it is <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, throughout the show, there was just various moments in time where I was thinking about, you know, vision quest and the cry for vision and trust and and in these moments that are so uncertain. And when we don't know, I just really encourage people to to find that trust and to take the time to cry for a vision and actually listen for it and like wait for it mm -hmm. and then find their way you know find mm -hmm. their way to god whatever that is for you to that to that son to that child of to the sun. <laughs> yeah. yeah so let me ask you this i know we were talking about social media and all that do you have any social media where people could want to learn more about you hear more about you your thoughts that you have or i have only a website I okay i have facebook um i have an inactive instagram <laughs> that has zero pictures because i was always like well where does the story start i don't know uh, so, so what's the website that the people website go to is my first and last name first name z-o-n-i-a last name l-u-c-e-r-o sonia lucero at um 
uh, com. Okay. So, and then there we can find a lot of uh, your teachings and thinkings. And you and can see what I do and what's the basis for the healing work that I do, um, the kinds of healing work that I do, different mm-hmm. blog posts. I mm-hmm. think I might have some art on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I have learned and that I feel very fortunate with Sonia is that uh, she's just the type of uh, energy and soul that if you come across, you're blessed to, but most yeah. likely you're not, you know, it's, it's hard to come across. No. Oh, yeah, but um you know from and we didn't get to it maybe next time that you're in town we'll we'll sit down and kind of go over the you know your travels and things that of that nature but um for sure it's one of those things that i personally feel very very fortunate very yeah. blessed to be able to to spend time with you and because i know that people that do get to you know spend time with you there's a lot of healing that happens so yeah thank you yeah, yeah, well, it's really nice that you just feel in the heart here you know <laughs> just any any people you can sit with right. and be that open with and let it flow you know that something good's happening yeah. and like i said we're just we're, we're showing people how it's done right yeah no the moment you walked in you, you could feel the vibes. I don't know if it's coming from you or Rob. Since I don't know, like, like I said, since we we, we go back, it's but all of us. It, it, it's all conjured up together. Uh, right. Rob, you're still at the higher frequency uh, yeah, on Instagram. I, uh, yeah, still there. I haven't done any uh, podcast, but because uh, I've been busy being yeah. rancher and doing all kinds <laughs> trying to of, live, basically living, man, <laughs> staying off the. But I'm actually getting. Um, uh, I'm building a little studio to get back into podcasting. Word. Um, so, but yeah, I'll, I'll put out more when I got yeah. that. But yes. for now, yeah, just uh, I'll, I'll still keep the the higher frequency at a higher frequency. Um, there on Instagram and yeah. uh, Facebook. But for now, yeah, just just creating life before yeah. I can create content. There you go. That's the <laughs> way to do it, <laughs> guys. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out your busy days to come through. Thank yeah. you. Man. Shine a little appreciate light you. for them people because this is the only way, like you said, to have these sit down and have these conversations. So the best way to get through in life, you know, sure. through ups and downs, whatever, find what other people are going through. Maybe their story matches your story and that could help you become a better person, a better you. If not, you have somebody who are blessed like these two individuals that make you want to inspire to be a better person and a better thought-provoking uh, human being as it is. So until next time, guys, don't be an asshole. Don't be a dick. Follow us at the Words on Fire podcast <laughs> at the IG, thewordsonfire.com. Deuces. Later. <laughs>